In this episode of The Cole Memo, I sit down with Joe Hughes. Joe and I recently became friends when we met at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Joe is licensed by the state of Illinois to deal deer. You heard me right. You know how some people deal cars and you know how I talk to a lot of people on this show who deal drugs? Well, Joe is licensed by the state of Illinois to legally deal deer. What does that mean? Well, you tuned into the right episode to figure out. This is The Cole Memo. I'm your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to now. Within that description, you can find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platforms where you can find this episode in audio or video formats. If you're unable to locate the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. From there, you can find the corresponding episode, and then you'll be able to access the audio, video, or transcript version of the episode. You might also find any links that we referenced during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research. If you're not listening to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon once again, that's thecolememo.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's a great way to, to support our show. One of the best ways to support our show is absolutely free. Subscribe to or follow our show. Leave us a positive review from wherever you're listening to us from. Favorite this episode, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment or post a review. Your engagement and support is appreciated. Today is 11 2023 that's november 22nd 2023 we are approaching turkey day folks it took me forever to edit this conversation main not, not because it was so long or complex but because some crazy opportunities popped up for me i had to do a lot of traveling i went i was invited to a brothel in nevada more on that later. Um, we'll we'll cover that later. We'll share you the whole trip. But this conversation was originally recorded on October 21st, 2023. So just about a month ago. And it was a really hot day. So what you'll notice is for the beginning of the episode, there's solid video of Joe and I. But at a certain point, the video cuts out. From there, you'll notice there are small video segments like when deer just randomly approach us or there's a moment where I show you guys a video of me feeding a squirrel. Um, there, there are a few different video moments throughout this podcast, but unfortunately, most of the video for this podcast was lost due to the heat, that heat in Southern Illinois. So the audio is intact. One other thing that I wanted to mention is that this was the first podcast I ever recorded outside, and it's a win it's a windy fucking day. You'll be able to tell that from the video. Fortunately, you don't hear a lot of wind, but what I think you might hear, and I wanted to candidly apologize for, is just a little bit of background noise, like the fences shifting in the wind and stuff. And I unfortunately could not find a way to get that out of the audio. I don't think it's too 
annoying, but I wanted to make sure to note it in case you didn't realize this podcast was recorded outside. So if you're hearing weird noises, it's not your car. It's not something in your office. It's it's probably the recording picking up something from this outside environment. I really enjoyed this conversation with Joe. I'd like to go back during the summer when the deer are a little bit more social. Um, the deer approached us. I was able to touch deer, get closer to deer than I ever have in my entire life. But from what Joe is saying and what you'll hear Joe say is this time of year, the, the deer start to get a little skittish. So I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Joe Hughes, my friend, the deer dealer. Enjoy. I bid back to this shift because I wanted it, you know. Come here, little man. Well, uh... Joe, we're on. Welcome to uh, the Cole Memo. Thank you for sitting down with me today. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, this was uh, super cool to walk up. I filmed some of it, um, you know, just I've never interacted with deer so casually before. Yeah. Um, but before we get into uh, that, this whole uh, exciting conversation <laughs> that we're about to have, um, how would you like to introduce yourself? Um, how would you introduce yourself? Well, uh, I introduce myself. I'm Joe Hughes. Uh, I work at SIU. I am a hobby deer farmer. Um, I raise deer for, I raise the females. We raise and eat and breed, and then the males we uh, raised to sell for uh, hunts so i mean i'm just kind of hobby farmer you know jack of all trades and master of none yeah just like doing things yeah keep busy hell yeah have you always been like uh a f just a farmer like living in the country stuff like that uh, this no way? i was born and raised in the middle of desoto right across the street from the city hall never lived in the country <laughs> okay and uh my mom and dad owned their own business and traveled a lot and so when they were out of town i stayed with a gentleman uh and he introduced me into hunting and fishing and uh well i've owned this place here since 2009 but i have been once he introduced me at a young age i was probably nine ten years old first time i ever went squirrel hunting okay <clears throat> didn't see a squirrel all day because he said i was too noisy <laughs> But uh, since then, I've been hooked, you know, hunting, fishing. I've done just about everything. I've been, uh, I've been out west. I've been down south. I've uh, been to Africa hunting. So, oh, nice. You know, I've, I've traveled a little bit and uh, seen the world, had a good time. And I just, you know, one of my buddies was talking about raising deer, and I've been a deer hunter my whole life. And I thought, man, it'd be, it would be nice to see some of these come from nothing you know this little guy that's roaming around here yeah to a monster uh -huh. 200 incher yeah and this year i had two bucks that went over 200 inches they were both about 215 to 225 holy shit if if you're a deer hunter you know what i'm talking about because yeah. that's how they measure deer is by inches and the the more the bigger the buck, the more impressive bragging rights you got. And that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
these deer are farm raised so you could never go Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young uh, which is these are for wild deer okay. and basically they measure them and you can go into record books for you know like uh, uh, one guy here in Illinois killed a I'm trying to remember it was like a 38 pointer or something mm -hmm. and uh, Bass Pro Shop paid him uh, like fifteen twenty thousand dollars oh jesus for the head. wow yeah wow. i mean you know and they made him a replica so he has a replica of his deer hanging at his house uh -huh. but they bought the original wow i mean so like if you you kill some of these things they dwarf those uh so far i know the biggest one i know they've killed is a 378 inch buck Two two fifteen to two twenty five, so uh, you figure my animals are like this, their animals are like this. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, holy shit! It, if you're not a hunter, it may not impress you much, but if you're a hunter and you see something like this coming at you in the wild, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it gets your blood pumping. And for me, I like got into this for the idea that I don't hunt anymore. I, you have to cull your does. You, otherwise, they will breed you out of existence, kind of like rabbits. Does cull mean like uh, fix them? No, cull means like kill them. Oh. Okay. Uh, you, you can only keep so many. Okay, gotcha. Then you have to take some out. Mm -hmm. So uh, my thing is, is you get too many does, you take out some of your older herd, you know, and you're bringing in new blood and buying new animals from different people to keep your genetic strain up and mm -hmm. uh, and make your animals, I ain't going to say more healthy because they're, man, you look here, uh, it doesn't look like much, but these deer, I tell everybody, they're like, they don't jump an eight-foot fence? Yes, they can jump an eight-foot <laughs> fence. That was one of my questions I was going to ask. But you got food right water all the sex they want when it <laughs> right. comes time and nothing's trying to eat them uh -huh. why would they ever want to go anywhere else right you know now one of my buddies had a uh uh a wild buck jump the fence in with his animals oh snap and now this has been 10 12 years ago uh-huh but the thing is is why would you not i mean that wild animal wanted in with his animals to be in captivity because <laughs> right. now so, he's got all the food and everything he wants why nothing's trying to eat him nothing's trying to chase him through the woods nobody's trying to kill him yeah you know i mean so is this guy like looking at his deer one day and he's like what the fuck there's one without a tag on it yes ex basically <laughs> he was i mean i checked my herd at four o'clock in the morning when I get off work, I get home. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're hungry, of course they're like they're like little kids, man. Do you got a treat for me today? <laughs> what kind of treat can I have? And they're uh, if the food trough gets low, like I'll put two hundred pounds out and in two days 
if it's gone or not gone if it's low Mm -hmm. they like the pellets and there'll be a little what i call dust in the bottom the minerals and stuff and so rather than licking it out they're come to the fence and be like hey you know what do you got for us right right you know they're wanting apples or sometimes i throw them out corn i cut up carrots you know i just they're they're spoiled man they're just like having a puppy you know most of my animals i try not to get close with because you got to understand this i am in business just like a cattle farmer right you know you have your favorite cows the ones that come up and rub on you so you treat them not necessarily better but they're going to be the last ones you send to slaughter (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so you have that attachment right and that's like this little guy we were petting earlier Mm -hmm. uh he will not he will not go anywhere uh yeah you were saying he's going to live out his life here or is that the majority of his, majority life. Of his life okay here's what happens with these animals and uh their antlers get so big and get so heavy uh one of my buddies had one it had i call it a teardrop on one side and they had to cut it off when it was still in velvet because the antlers get so heavy that the deer walked around like this oh. Yeah. He couldn't keep his neck straight because it was so heavy. Mm-hmm. And when he laid down, it laid on the ground, and it got infected. Mm. Well, that'll kill him. So he had to cut that off. And uh, so there's, at a certain point, you either got to cut antlers off or it's time to let him go. Yeah. But in the wild, an average deer lives... I'll just say five to seven years. Mm-hmm. And then they run out of... Uh, and that's a lot longer than I thought, honestly. Yeah. No, uh, hey, down there at SIU, they got deer probably roaming around down there on campus. It's been there, you know, seven, eight, ten years. Wow. But in the wild, an average deer, a seven-year-old, will starve to death. He won't make it through the winter. When rut hits, he starts fighting, so he's put on weight. Mm-hmm. all summer he'll start fighting and the younger bucks will come in and beat him up and then he's what's rut uh, is that like their mating season yes mating season uh another couple weeks and we wouldn't be sitting here we would be sitting outside the pen oh because they're aggressive when rut hits uh their hormones change now this little guy here he is going to be super dangerous in about three years Okay. When rut hits, I will have to come in here with a baseball bat <laughs> to just to kind of tap him. You yeah. Know, hey. Yeah, yeah. Check him. Keep yeah. him in check. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to hurt you. Right. But they have been. People have been killed by deer. I mean, they are a wild animal. Even though I've raised him from a baby, I raised him. He lived in my house for three months. Bottle feeding. Bottle feeding. So. You know, I'm up every four hours feeding him. Uh, whenever I'm, when I was at work, my wife was feeding him. You know, so uh, it's it's a group effort. It doesn't just happen by yourself. So when he starts growing antlers, he will get dangerous. And um, what the? Any time now, October. Yeah. Late October, 
November, December, early January is the mating season. Mm -hmm. And they will, when they get into that, all they're thinking about is which girl am I getting today? Yeah. And who who's ass? Sorry, we're right over. No, it's back. okay. That's cool. Uh, That's a big fucking plane. It's flying into SIU. Well, that's AWACS. I was going to say. Oh, that's that's flying over the uh, football games getting ready to start. We have a flyby today. I forgot about that. That's AWACS getting ready to fly into SIU. I was going to say, that doesn't look like just any other plane. Yeah, no, I thought that was a small jet. I'm over SIU flight patterns, so I get a lot of coming into the airport and out of the airport. But anyways... Yeah, that was a heck of a plane, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, uh, so back to the deer, they get uh, in the rut, and all they're thinking about is the next woman in my life. Where is she coming from, and who do I got to beat up to get her? Right, right. You know, and so they get stupid. Uh, they'll run around here. You seen a dog after he's been running or whatever gets hot and starts panting? Mm-hmm. These guys, they got snot running out their nose and oh you, wow, they're that you know, desperate. and they drooling <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> just looking, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you right now, rut has it's getting close mm-hmm. because I've already seen some of my bucks chasing my does, and when they pee. Basically, that's he sticks his uh, nose up under there to smell their urine mm-hmm. to, to see see if they're it, fertile if it, or yeah, if they're in estrus, if mm. they're you know if they're getting ready to come into heat so he can breed them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy thing. I've been raising deer for f- five years now, mm-hmm. and I've seen them mate twice. That I, seems. That's only time. I mean. They, they they're private. Really, I was gonna say they're really that. private about it. Yeah, you know, and I'm, they were both during the daytime, so I can't say they don't mate during the day. Yeah, but just requires a lot of focus and quiet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like right now, if if they were in heat, if the does, you know, if I had a couple in heat, the bucks, they might be chasing them out there behind us, but they're not gonna be real happy because. Like I said, you can hear the combines in the background. They're cutting beans and stuff, so they're super nervous. That is, I guess, one disadvantage for, like, being here. Right around farmland. Right. Well, if, like, they're cutting beans here the other day, and my Mm -hmm. deer are laying around because it doesn't really bother them, per se, but they don't like it because it's a strange new noise. It's like when you pulled up out here, they were all on high alert. When we walked over by the water troughs, they all ran from us. Now, for me, when I come out by myself, they don't run from me. They run to me. That's the guy with the goodies. Right. You're the odd man. They don't know your smell. So they run from you. Is he here to... Pick on it. Pick one of us up. Pick one of us up or hurt one of us, you know? Yeah. Uh, we don't know that smell, so he's got to go. We got to go. And... Like I said before, you get out here and a bird will be sitting up here and fly down 
and spook them, and they just run like idiots. You just never know. You got to watch yourself at all times around these animals. I mean, they're yes, they're tame to a certain extent. Right, they're not like fucking. But they're not dogs. They're not yeah. cats. They're not pets. Uh, and if you don't, if you ever forget that, they'll remind you. They will remind you, and you will get hurt, and it may cost you your life. So, um, in the springtime when I'm having babies, I tell you know friends, hey, bring your kids out, whatever. And I've had a couple people. Hey, can I bring my kids out? Yeah, next spring. Mm-hmm. No, no, I was going to bring them out next weekend. No, not this time of year. Yeah, not this time of year. No kids. No kids allowed. I don't even want your wife out here if she's on her menstrual cycle or getting ready to come on. It sounds weird, but they pick up on that. And they will, uh, back during COVID, I caught COVID, was down in bed, mm-hmm. couldn't get up, called one of my buddies. He helps me out here do just about everything yeah when i'm moving deer or whatever he comes and helps me hey man i'm in bed dying of covid you know i can't move can you come feed the deer for me Mm -hmm. he came out here and one of my big bucks that tried to get him shit yeah now this was i don't know november december so they're in the middle of rut right and um He's carrying a bag of food, and he just got that sense, and he turned around and looked, and the buck had Charging his head him. down. Wow. Wasn't running at him, but was coming at him pretty steady. Uh-huh. And my buddy chucked the food off the ground and pulled out his knife. And he's like, I didn't know how I was going to tell you I killed your you know, 200-plus-inch <laughs> buck, but I killed him. I was like, hey, your life is more important yeah. than... Don't get me wrong. They represent money, okay? But your life represents more than that. That's why I tell people you have to, in the wild, like here lately I've been watching some stuff like these tourists out in Yellowstone. Yeah. Changing gears just another minute. Yeah. Out there, wild bison, elk, moose, (laughs) bear. You walk up to, do you not understand half of these things you're walking up to can kill you and eat you? Dude moose i've seen him taking pictures of the moose yeah and uh, you you are crazy that's yeah. all i can say <laughs> you do not understand right the tremendous danger that you're in mm-hmm. and so if you ever watch any youtube videos where the deer is standing on his back foot beating the crap out of a hunter that's because the guys put dough and heat on him <laughs> interesting yeah uh, people do some crazy things in this world brother we're not all you know top of the food chain yeah but do hunters put that on them to try to attract to yes to hunt? um <laughs> sometimes you accidentally spill a little on you or whatever sure. but generally like when you're going into your stand mm-hmm. they got what they call a drag it's just a like a i ain't gonna say a sponge but like a piece of cloth and you put the dough and heat on that sponge or mm-hmm. cloth. And then you tie it around your ankle or to your boot or whatever. And then as you're walking gotcha. to your stand, that drags their that dough and heat uh-huh. urine smell to your stand. So now just say you've walked a half a mile 
into your into your stand then you put that on now this buck is a quarter mile away and you're never going to see him right but he's now he's come across that path of that doe and comes to you and comes now he's like oh there's a doe in heat i want i want her i gotta Uh go find out who i gotta beat up to get her (laughs) and so he's now he's coming to you well if you're the guy that happened to spill some on you or had some you know for some reason put it on your boots Mm-hmm. or on your clothes now you're walking into the woods and this deer's come across it you ain't made it to your stand yet now he comes and sees you and he's thinking this guy has got my woman he don't <laughs> all he knows is his hormones are in overdrive right and he wants to beat the shit out of you to prove that he gets the woman and he thinks if he beats you up she's magically going to appear i mean that's yeah nature instinct <laughs> man so you just gotta you know, you just got to kind of watch what you're doing when you're out in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, nature is... Treat them with the respect they deserve. Deserves, right. Yeah. Um, or you end up bear poop. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're out hiking, like you see these videos that people are up out in California hiking in the mountains. Yeah. Bobcat, Oh, cougar my gosh. Comes. I just watched a video like that the other day. Right. I, I've seen a few of those. And... Now, these people are out in nature doing their thing. And it ain't like these morons up in Yellowstone who ran up next to the moose or the bear. Got they out were of their just, car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were out hiking and run across this. Handle it the best way you know how. Right. You know, I feel sorry for your family when these people out in Yellowstone or... I, and I say that's because that's the one I've been seeing the most here lately. Yeah. About all these people. You know, they think it's great. And they don't know. They've lived in right. the city their whole life and have no clue what they're doing can get them killed. Yeah. Seriously. So. Or seriously mangled. Yeah. yeah like, I mean. It's, yeah. That, death, that's the best Death is the ultimate scenario. end. Right. Okay. Right. But you can go anywhere from getting a hangnail, running from these guys, to getting lungs punctured, being yeah. on the ground, breaking bones. I mean, they are powerful animals, uh, especially bison. Mm-hmm. I mean. If you've ever watched a rodeo uh, and seen the rodeo clowns or the the bull riders when they get chucked, okay, these bulls are two thousand pounds. Right. What do you think that bison is? He's two thousand pounds. Yeah. And he ain't seen people. Uh huh. You know, he ain't been around people like this bull has. So, you get in his space, he don't know whether you're the guy that's trying to eat him. Or take a picture. Right. I want the selfie. Oh, I thought you was here to Boom. eat me. Bang. Yeah. You know, they run you over. Yeah. So, you know, just life in general, man. You can die walking across the street. So, mm-hmm. I just, nature is uh, a fickle animal. She, if you respect her, she will respect you. But if you, the second you don't respect nature, it will jump up and get you. Yeah, nature is humbling in many ways. And yes. that, like... You know in this world and look i like you know i get the idea of trying to like help each other out and give that's the that's a great thing about society but nature when you go into nature you're reminded that you, nobody gives a fuck yeah nobody gives a fuck you're not going to get a hand out a hand a helping hand you are by yourself you know nature is survival of the strongest that's right yeah okay and all these animals out there in the wild 
that's how they've been living all their life. Yeah. The strong survive and the weak get eaten. Yeah. So, I think it's crazy. It's easy to forget because we'll sleep in a nice bed every night, but they sleep out fucking side. Yes. Every night. And they get woken up to, is something about to kill me? Like, that's... that's. <laughs> yeah, they go from zero to a hundred in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy how that stuff works in, you know, in the wild. I mean, it's, like you said, for us, like when I went hunting in Africa... There's so many things over there that wanted to kill me, but I'm mm-hmm. sleeping inside of a nice warm house and a bed. You don't think about that stuff. Yeah. Now, we got out the next day. We, I woke up one day. We went out hunting, and our guide stops and says, Oh, man, look at that. There's a path across the uh, road. It had rained the night before. Uh-huh. Just a... Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, we're out there walking in weeds up to our waist, our uh-huh. belly button, with the most deadliest snake in the world. we just seen his track, so we know he's here. Yeah. But I'm out there walking with, in the weeds with him, and he bites you. You're dead. Uh, Damn. The closest town we were to was uh, about 45 minutes an hour away. Roughly where were you, do you recall? Uh, we flew into Johannesburg, and we were about four hours north of Johannesburg, uh, north west of Johannesburg and I do not remember the name of the town mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, hunting wild wildebeest safaris and okay. you know they got their own compounds and stuff and yeah. so uh, I was just watching the bee land on you sorry oh it's all good uh, they uh, we were out there and they're basically neighborhood so i mean they owned uh like five hundred thousand acres or something i mean some ungodly amount of uh property you know so uh it was he he's on your neck yeah he wants me yeah on my neck no he flew away okay Cool. He he wants what you're smoking, brother. I know. I was thinking he's smelling the flowers. <laughs> Anyways, trying to pollinate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so, um, I got a small herd of deer here, and mm-hmm. I'm a rambler, man. I go from A to B to Z to Q. You know. No, this is perfect. This so, is perfect. So, uh, but you, so I only ask. I'm just curious. That was that's interesting to hear that you've like done like wild game hunting in, in yeah. Africa. That's super fucking cool. Uh, been elk hunting out in Colorado. I mean, my thing is is uh, like here. I, I said I you got to call the herd once in a while. Yeah. Everybody's like, well, I'll you know when you get ready to kill one, I'll I'll buy it from you. Well, for me, I'm not trying to uh, make money. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I got to call these animals because, uh, like, right now they're eating about 100, eh, between 80 and 100 pounds a day. Mm-hmm. But they're in rut. It's getting close to winter time, So they're trying to put on weight, you right. know, to be healthy through the winter. And so, uh, when I get too many does, I just 
kill him and then I am oh there he comes back he's probably flying up to Edwards he's a little higher this time uh, they have uh, uh, you're talking about culling them and you know just yeah. that I to raise deer right people are like oh I'll pick a wild and I have got this year not so many last year I probably had 10 people hey I got a wild deer you know I found a baby can you take it it's a hard no Okay. I have a what they call a premise ID number. I'm registered with the Department of Agriculture through the state of Illinois. Yeah. I am in a uh, a volunteer. It's a voluntary program. Mm -hmm. But to buy and sell deer, you have to be in the program. Yeah. And how do you, how did you? I was going to ask you that. How do you get in the program? Um. You said voluntary, so obviously you right. volunteer. Well, <laughs> whoever you start buying deer from are should be in the program okay okay mm -hmm. so uh basically you set up you build your fence you build your pens and then you start buying deer yeah they're going to talk to you about the department of agriculture and who to get a hold of and and it's the illinois department of agriculture yeah, illinois department of agriculture gotcha. and so they're going to hook you up that you know i mean unless they're just trying to screw you which my thing is is these guys we're just like the good old boys you know i mean they're anytime i call any of my buddies hey man i got this going on have you had this problem what are you doing you know they're we're just a just like farmers you know the farmers yeah, yeah. talk we talk so uh, they'll give you phone numbers emails and then basically you contact these people say hey i bought these not this these deer from just say the guy that got me into it was travis flat yeah so i got my deer from travis flat when i called to buy him he calls the department of agriculture or i say call it emails uh-huh says i have sold joe hughes five deer these are their id numbers which was that little metal tag and their second uh, id tag which is the big green one like schneider i had his name on there just because i raised him the rest of them i just give numbers to uh -huh. unless you're you know i know i'm going to keep him so sure i name him he's more like a pet than and you know than wildlife but so you you give he gives them the tag numbers and how many i bought and what date we want to move them mm -hmm. emails it to the department of agriculture department of agriculture sends it back to him with an approval right. number right and he writes me a receipt just like you were buying in something at the grocery store he writes your receipt out mm -hmm. it's got your approval number it's got all your animals on it and then you get uh you can only move them like it used to be a three-day window i think now they give us seven okay uh that you can move them in that time and you just go pick them up 
dart them, bring them here, and then let them loose on your property. And uh, you have to have, uh, for me, when I sell one or cull one, like one of my buddies wants a deer, I said, not a problem. I need your name, your address, your full address, your full name, and a phone number. And I call or I email the Department of Agriculture. I'm going to call uh, Yellow Seven and write the ID number down, the ID tag number down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> email it to them. I'm going to call this animal. I've sold it or I've sold this animal to x y or z yeah. whoever i sold it to is it like a general ag email or is it like the deer division <laughs> no no it's uh i don't want to give it out because i don't want to flood there oh no yeah know. i don't mean but i but mean yes no it this is a specific person okay in the department of agriculture now you can call department of agriculture and say hey i want to get into raising deer sure and they're gonna fire you off an email right telling you what you need mm -hmm. for me i have uh I bought these animals from one of my buddies and he had what they call a premise ID number. Yeah. Because he's been in the business for 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So once he gets the, his premise ID, I have bought animals from him. So now I get, send all my information in get all my ducks in a row and then i get the premise id number from they grandfather me in to his premise id mm -hmm. and then i get my own id number but i am allowed now to move deer if you don't have a, if you're buying from somebody they don't know right you have to be in a program for three years before you're allowed to sell anything mm -hmm. basically they want to make sure that you don't have any diseases or anything like that that's why you have to register that's why they call it voluntary you don't have to be in it and if somebody wants to buy your animals mm -hmm. you know i guess you could go that route i am not really that guy i tried to do things by the book yeah uh just because i don't want to get in trouble you right. know and then i've i got a lot of money invested here mm -hmm. so well, I can only imagine, uh, like, so that's one of the things that I think some people might not get about this that I thought was interesting, um, and maybe it's an interesting place to transition to. When people buy these deer, correct me if I'm wrong, is my memory correct? There is no consuming these deer, right? The does. The when, do, oh, the doe. Yes, the does. When I... Yes and no. You're on a slippery slope here. My does mm -hmm. are edible, 100%. Okay. Because I know it sounds brutal, but I come out here, I'm going to I'm gonna call this deer, I'm going to kill this doe because mm -hmm. she's old. She's getting kind of, you know, crippled up. She's got arthritis, whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to kill her and I'm going to eat her. Mm -hmm. So I go out there and I shoot her. You know, I kind of separate her from the herd. Yeah. And then I shoot her, kill her. She's had nothing but no hormones, no chemicals of anything. I don't give them anything. Mm -hmm. 
she's better than eating a deer out of the wild because i know what she's been eating. right right you know her she's going to be nice fat mm -hmm. you know meat's going to be good and i eat her now when i sell these bucks i use a drug called bam mm -hmm. it's a controlled drug i have to get a prescription from the vet right to get this so i i get the bam camera's overheated yeah well i was wondering and but i get the bam it's all good though it's a yeah. good audio interview so i got you i get the bam i load up a dart mm -hmm. i bring my dart gun out here i shoot the shoot the deer he goes to sleep i load him up on the trailer i give him a reversal to wake him up mm -hmm. he wakes up that guy now owns him it's his deer now the drug has a 30-day half-life is what they tell me and i've read a little bit about it but for 30 days i guess if you want to take the chance and eat it mm -hmm. you can but i myself would never eat one of these deer unless it's been over 30 days yeah yeah because you could get a secondhand tranquilization right right yeah <laughs> basically next thing you know you're uh uh you're eating and you can't breathe your esophagus quits working or your stomach or whatever you know what i'm saying or you just go down yeah and uh now these drugs do wear off you know they have reversals and stuff to help wake them up but kind of like a narcan for bam yeah i don't mean to sound insensitive no no but, no no you know. hey, hey buddy i'm one of the most real people you're ever going to meet and <laughs> I, I some people say i'm heartless and cruel but <laughs> in the real world it is what it is i hey, mean it's survival yeah. of the fittest and i'm gonna tell you right now when if it ever went crazy i don't think i'd be here very long because i know there's a lot more people out there that's a lot more yeah you know survival than me but <laughs> as long as they stay in their part of the world and i stay in mine i think i got a good chance of surviving for a while hell yeah so but yeah i mean the deer you can eat them mm -hmm. i just prefer not to sure and i would not recommend anybody eating these bucks for 30 days yeah and basically the guy i he has property mm -hmm. they turn them loose and everybody's like oh they're hunting on a fence fenced in so and they call it high fence hunting well that's not very sporting they can't get away okay this guy paid twenty thousand dollars for an animal one year and couldn't find it for two weeks he's only got 100 acres <laughs> he couldn't find it for two weeks wow yeah don't tell me they can't hide yeah, yeah. you know i mean so yeah what is your uh what does the typical like purchaser look like i know it's probably different from case to case but is it generally like a sportsman like that where they'll purchase it and yeah let well it loose? they i send pictures uh-huh to my buyer yeah he puts those pictures on his website and then you go on his website and he's got 30 deer there yeah it's like you you're know, looking for cars yeah kind of like looking for cars he's got 30 <laughs> deer there and they say man i really like this one and he's like well that to kill that deer is x amount of dollars whatever he sets as a price 
just say it's ten thousand dollars is what i want for that deer or a deer comparable to that size mm -hmm. well i really like that one well it's a guaranteed that you're going to get to see them it's not a guaranteed you're going to get to see that specific deer and shoot that specific deer because they are wild animals they don't it ain't like we take the lead off of them like you would a horse and smack them on the ass and say run right out there so he can shoot you yeah they're wild animals right and when they get out there in the wild you know because i mean it's 100 acres here i've only got five but i got a small a small farm yeah okay other guys have 80 100 acres 50 acres you know all different size farms to raise them and so you don't know what you're going to get you hopefully we're going to get you that exact animal i say we he because i have nothing to do with it yeah once it leaves my property i am no longer in this equation mm -hmm. but hopefully you get that specific animal you want but when you've got 10 bucks running around on a property you may not see that one and so if he asks hey do you want to shoot you know do you want that specific deer well we may have to hunt for a week Mm. to find it right if you want that specific tag. that specific deer we may not see him now if you want something comparable to that size deer we may see three of them today mm -hmm. you can look at them if you decide you want them want one of them you shoot one of them if not we continue hunting and you're just gonna have to wait it out until we find that one deer that you want Mm -hmm. It's like hunting in the wild. Yeah. Uh, people. That's why people put up trail cameras. Mm -hmm. So they see what deer is coming through. So just say when rut hits, all that trail camera business goes out the window. I don't care what anybody says. They're like, oh, yeah, no, I, you know, he's been coming by every Tuesday at 5 p.m. All their habits go out the window is what yes, you're saying? Yes, everything just... goes out the window <laughs> because now – he may he may have come by every tuesday at 5 p.m and stood 10 yards from your deer stand and you could have shot him mm -hmm. 30 days in a row right rut hit he's in the breeding mode and there ain't been a doe on your property by your or by your deer stand right so he's going for for three months so you ain't going to see him ever he <laughs> is going to be on the other side of the world chasing her right so you know that's why i say people well it's high fence hunting and you know it's not really hunting yes you have a better chance i am unless you can't shoot i am going to say you're guaranteed an animal mm -hmm. you know but there is no guarantee when you're hunting because if you get out there and you can't shoot him yeah you know so it, if i misunderstand is this like 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 let's say i want i'm looking at this website and i find a deer yeah do i like go do i have the opportunity to go with and shoot that deer is what you're saying or do they do that or what how does this like no no you you hunt it they have okay. deer stands uh so i go to their land and i'm yeah able to, uh you're like a couple guys that just came in I mean, these people from all over the world come in mm -hmm. and hunt. But there was two guys, one from Wyoming and one from uh, Utah. 
uh, came in and uh, uh, I didn't get that. Could you try? Siri, she's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, these guys come in. Mm-hmm. They've looked at the website and they've seen pictures of animals. Right. <clears throat> but now these animals may already be dead. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily picking that exact animal. They're looking at animals that have been there and they're watching videos of animals that have been taken from there. Mm. So they, you get there, you're not getting a specific animal. Yeah, it's just the idea that you're like, oh shit, this one's out there roaming around. Right. Maybe yeah, these animals one. are on this property. Right. And I have an opportunity if my pocketbook is deep enough uh-huh. to shoot one of those. Yeah. Or if not, I can shoot one of these. Because they're there's different size deer and he mm-hmm. may have deer from 160 inches all the way up to 500 inches and people are in what average deer hunters there is no such thing as a 500 inch whitetail there is yeah but not very often mm-hmm. and so these guys they raise them uh like for me and this is the part that as a hunter i find kind of not i don't know i don't hunt this kind of game just because uh if i want a 200 inch deer all i gotta do is wait for one of them to grow so i and i go kill it and put it on the wall if i want a 400 inch deer i have to wait for it to grow you know just say on average, it takes me two years, two and a half years to grow a 200-inch whitetail. In the wild, it will take five to seven years if you can get one that big. Um, <clears throat> their genetics, here's what happens. Wild, hunt, wild deer, the hunters go out. They see a 160-inch, 180-inch buck, and that's a monster in the wild. Right. So they kill him. Now his genetics don't get passed on. Mm Mm-hmm. So here, the daddy of all these uh, that I've got were, he was a 220-inch two-year-old. So I got his genetics. Now, I got some genetics from famous deer i mean they uh like great great grandchildren of like one buck firecracker was his name okay he was a monster breeder buck well my buddy ended up buying a doe which was you know like just say his three or four or five generations removed from him Mm -hmm. but it still got his genetics in it so his genetics are now in my herd very cool so you my genetics are down here okay the guys they're they're on the lower part of the scale now i got guys that i can buy from i it takes me two years to raise a 200 inch deer they're getting like newborns that i showed you that just had the buttons on their heads yeah 
they're getting yearlings that have racks. <laughs> That's how fast, how good their genetics wow. are. And at a year and a half old, they're a 160-inch buck. Yeah. And, and at two and a half years old, they're going to be a 250-inch 200, buck, you know, just somewhere between two and 250. Mm-hmm. So that's how much better their genetics are uh, than mine. That's crazy to hear. <laughs> yes, and the name of the game is try to get the best genetics you can afford. Sure. Um, one of my buddies... The, the guy that got me into it, he does AI, artificial insemination, when he was in. And he was buying straws of semen from anywhere from $500 a straw to $10,000 a straw. Damn. For semen. Does <laughs> it come frozen? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Liquid nitrogen. Yeah. And then he had his own liquid nitrogen tank. I mean, that's how big he was into it. Wow. And uh, that's a whole nother process, you know. Um he had a a dark barn, basically with a pins and shoots. You run them through, and the deer run in, and then you dart. You don't dart them. You stick them with a needle. Okay. You basically, you're handling them live. Uh huh. And you stick them with a needle and give them a knockout drug, and then release them, and then they run out. And then you, if you're just like running, like vaccinating cattle, you're running them through a chute. Uh huh. And that's what you do with the deer. And then next thing you know. We've got 10 does laying out there sleeping. So now you got to go. Uh, I'm going to pick up 47 is getting semen from Firecracker. Uh, 52 is getting semen from Big John. Uh-huh. You know, and so you're putting certain semen into certain animals. Uh, it's all genetic. Yeah. You know, it's all about the genetics. You're wanting the best genetics you can get. And so you'll write down like Big uh, John crossed with whatever that doe yeah is. just say just say this doe is a firecracker and uh goliath uh-huh then were her mother and father okay were, were firecracker and goliath uh-huh so now you're crossing firecracker goliath her doe or their doe with big john's doe mm-hmm. or with big john's semen and you try not to interbreed like you would not want to firecracker you would not want to use his semen or let him breed his daughter okay or his mother sure you know you don't then you get inbreeding right and you can have a weak genetics right it, it can break the genetic chain or you can get a monster <laughs> and you're a genius yeah a mutant <laughs> y- yeah and so that's why I'm saying most people are, uh, it's, it's just like everything else. You just gotta, you gotta kind of know what you're doing. I do not AI any animals. I am not big enough for that. Uh, my buddy was, uh, he had like 50 acres. Uh-huh. Uh, his setup, my setup here, I'm just say $50,000 setup. His setup was, uh, quarter million dollar setup oh wow yeah so so uh, that he can he and he can do the ai and everything yeah yeah i mean hell he spent fifty thousand dollars on a barn and building shoots and all that stuff to run the animals in to 
you know, like cattle shoot. Yeah. To do that, where I'm not, I'm not there yet, and I don't, I don't think I'm, I will ever be there. I, I am not, I don't see myself going that direction. Yeah. So I know a lot of people do. Um, another one of my buddies, Grant, he is still raising deer, but he's kind of branched off from raising bucks to sell to collecting doe urine. Mm. And I wished I knew his name because I'd give him a plug uh, of his doe pee, but it's out of Heron, Illinois, mm-hmm. is the, uh, the doe urine, he sells it online. So, um, this, it's funny, you know, this conversation we're having reminds me a lot of, uh, so I've interviewed a lot of people from the cannabis industry and how they talk about genetics and the genetics they acquire. And, you know, like you say, you could get the genetics that a lot of people recommend. It's the same thing you just said, get the genetics you can afford. Don't bankrupt yourself on getting. Right. And then something, it fails. And then next thing you know, you're out. Yeah. You know, for me. I, this is my second herd of deer. Mm-hmm. My first herd, and people think I'm heartless and ruthless. I'm an animal lover. I, I've I've got cats, dogs, you know, all that. But I had a uh, two dogs that came up here and killed my first herd of deer. Oh yeah, you were telling me about this at SIU. Yeah, yeah t- tell the story. Yeah, yeah I uh, basically I had deer that were dead for no reason i couldn't figure out why mm-hmm. and so i started catching a couple dogs and i thought they were coyotes but it was a beagle and yeah. a chow and basically they were out here running my deer to death and the deer will take off and run until they can't run no more and they'll fall over dead just kind of like a horse wow and or they'll lock up and they'll run and they won't stop i had well it killed one deer about 50 yards outside the fence they blew straight through a fence Mm -hmm. this fence is supposed to be deer proof they can't go through it but they did yeah that they were at a dead run running as far as fast and as hard as they can the first deer made it about 15 yards outside the pen and was dead Mm -hmm. the second deer made it about 50 yards outside the pen and died from all the internal injuries it suffered going through the fence right another one ended up 200 yards out in the field uh with a broken leg and died a couple hours later from internal injuries but it's out there running around right on two back legs and one one broken front leg and the other front leg was broken and she was trying to hobble on it Mm -hmm. i ended up having to kill her I mean, there was nothing I could do for her. Sure. Put her out and of misery. then the rest of the herd that was following them were gone. Now I've lost $30,000 worth of deer uh-huh. that are gone, dead. Well, I killed both of these dogs. <laughs> and the people who owned them, they live about two and a half miles away. Now they want to sue me. Oh, shit. For killing their dogs. I said, please, 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 I'm begging you, please take me to court. <laughs> And sue me for killing your animals. Basically, nobody wanted to help me because I'm a dog killer. Mm. So 
Uh, I called the Jackson County, mm, excuse me, Jackson County Animal Control, mm-hmm. and I was told the Animal Control gentleman had retired, so we were in between. So I talked to the Jackson County Board. The president of the board told me, "You killed these people's animal. You're probably going to have to pay them. They're going to you're going to owe them a bunch of money for killing their animals." I said, "You don't understand. They cost me." In the long run, in short term, it cost me about thirty thousand dollars. In the yeah. long term, they cost me probably a hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Because you don't know what they're at. The I lost like ten or twelve deer that year due to these dogs. You don't know what their babies would have turned into. Sure. Money wise. Right. So I was behind the eight ball. I had to start all over again with my second herd. But after I said that then you know that i wanted to sue them because their dogs killed my animals it was radio silence i couldn't get a phone call uh it was during right at the beginning of COVID. i couldn't go to the courthouse nobody would see me sure nobody wants to talk to me i'm the bad guy because i killed their dogs Mm -hmm. and uh the cops wouldn't even come take my statement they went to their house they came here and got their dog that i killed that was still on my property and uh the other dog, the chow, I shot it. It ran two and a half miles home before it died. Yeah. I mean, I feel sorry because that was somebody's pet. Sure. Okay? But it's just like killing a coyote or a fox. I've ki- or not foxes, I'm sorry. Foxes I don't have any problems with out here. <laughs> Coyotes, if we had cougars, mountain lions, you know, depending on what area. Yeah. If they were here killing my animals, I would be killing them. Right. It's just like the cattle farmer out in Wyoming. He's killing coyotes, cougars, mm-hmm. bears, whatever they got out there that eats their animals. Right. You have a right to protect your animals. Right. And I couldn't make anybody understand that because I killed somebody's pet. Yeah. And it, it was kind of frustrating. But my thing was that I tried to explain it to these people. I have no ill will towards them people. I just, how do you let your dogs, how do you turn your animals out? two and a half miles away and let them come and it's my fault that they, i killed them on my property yeah well what if that was a kid for example instead of a deer right what what would have happened if they i can tell you dad, what would have happened if it was a kid they yeah. would have killed those dogs yeah they would have the the animal control would have come that's what i mean those to dogs say. and killed them that's what i mean to say yeah yeah so so but since they were killing my livestock i didn't have no say in it so it's just kind of a screwed up deal. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, such is life. Don't. I tell the story, but I don't harp on it. Sure. You know, it, it doesn't drive my life. Yeah. Uh, my dog, uh, I have a, a Catahoula Cur and Mini Pit Mix. Looks like an Australian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. She, this little one, Schneider was raised in the house with her so they play together they run together they have a yeah. good time she gets out here and starts running well she will chase these deer to death because my deer will run from mm-hmm. her because they think she's a predator mm-hmm. so she gets out in the pen sometimes i try not to let her in she gets out in the pen and him and her run and play schneider and my dog run and play have a good time 
and the other deer start running well she runs after him and then i yell at her and she comes back and she's looking at me like but dad i just want to play with the, <laughs> with the rest of the kids on the block you know right and you know i got to get her out of the pen but her and her and schneider she runs after him and he takes off running and then stops and comes back and runs at her and she <laughs> takes off running you know they're just so but with deer you just never know what's what's going to happen yeah i mean it's a with with the dogs my buddy he had dogs german shepherds and labs they didn't care about the deer they mm -hmm. never even looked at them yeah you know but they were raised around them they brought them as puppies had them you know it's just another part of life you mm -hmm. see them every day for me coming out here seeing deer petting them touching them taking care of them it's just another day in the world you know yeah people want to come see them uh i i can't tell you how many times i've heard brakes squealing on the road because <laughs> my deer are up by the fence by the highway right and somebody has is rubbernecking mm -hmm. and somebody else comes up behind them and has to lock up their brakes to keep from rear ending them <laughs> i mean hey i understand yeah. you cannot see deer like this every day in the wild mm -hmm. so i get a lot of people that come by just to see the animals yeah i have no trespassing and all that because i don't want people on my property because you don't know if somebody gets hurt then you're liable for it right and my thing is is i had two women from chicago going to school at siu the one lady was carrying a newborn, probably say three, four weeks old. Yeah. Now this has been a few years ago, but she, the newborn, three, four weeks old, uh, two, three year old toddler. One of my friends calls me, Hey man, are you down at the, in your pen? No. Well, there's some people out there. No way. Well, I'm at the house. So I look out, there's a car down here. So I drive from my house down here to the gate. And these people had opened up my gate left the gate open and we're inside with my deer wow they don't know me i don't know them yeah damn and instantly i am upset and i come down sure. here hot sure. hey, what are you doing right you know well we go to siu we see deer on campus we've never seen anybody have them in a pen like this so we wanted to come see them okay there's no trespassing you know i was i was upset sure till i realized what they were here for, what they were doing. Right. Then I'm like, hey, you can't just come on my property. I give them my phone number. Mm -hmm. Said it. This is how upset I was. I give them my phone number. Said, hey, if you want to bring the kids back, you want to see the animals, you want to feed them some carrots, some apples, got to call me first. Yeah. You can't just come on my property. Sure. And they were very understanding about it. And then they ended up leaving. You know, that we visited uh -huh. 20, 30 minutes. They got to look at the deer. But for these people like i said they grew up in the city they don't think nothing you're walking down the street see something you just walk in somebody's yard you don't think nothing about it you know yeah. well out here in the country that's a good way to get hurt I, exactly that's what i was about to say and i'm not necessarily talking about from me sure i'm talking about you could walk out here and maybe i got a pitchfork laying on the ground yeah that i forgot to pick up and you step on it and run a pitchfork through your foot now I'm liable because you were trespassing on my property. Mm -hmm. You know, so just 
use a little common sense. You know, if you see something, you want to look at some deer, you want to, and you want to come on my, pro- be respectful, knock on my door at least, yeah. come ask. Yeah. Like right now, yeah, I will, anybody can stop, ask me, I will come out, and I'll, I'll cut up some carrots, some apples, I'll throw out some corn, so they'll come. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're getting ready to go into rut, this is not a good time. Yeah. You know, like, if you'd have been here a month ago. I guarantee you these deer would have been right up behind us saying, Way, what are you guys doing? You, know, you got any treats for us? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're getting ready to go into rut. We've we've already been out here handling them in the last month, you know, moving some deer around and stuff. So now they're a little skittish. Mm-hmm. So they're out chilling. And yeah. Let's stay away from these guys. They, they might be coming to do something to us. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah what's uh what's like the geneticist like so i was thinking that yeah again the genetic genetics sound a lot similar to other people i've interviewed but like you mentioned some of these like deer that it sounds like would be well known right amongst... yes these you can go on websites and look now these deer are dead and gone been you know these are 18 year old deer oh, okay. i'm talking about yeah yeah okay but uh they have more than two but they have we have two auctions in our area uh-huh. and when i say in our area i'm talking about between missouri illinois michigan uh wisconsin indiana you know they have two auctions a year yeah that the, the breeders bring either their deer or pictures of their deer and you buy them you bid mm-hmm. on them for breeding or whatever purposes um they I am not big on the genetics. Yeah. I do not keep track. Like my buddy, he can tell you all the animals I got from him. He can tell me. I call him and he can go back and flip through his book. Uh, Yellow Seven was was bred. She came out of uh, Green 19 and Big Red. Uh-huh. And they came from this one and that one. He has their genetics going back five generations interesting okay i am not that guy yeah but a lot of guys have this you know they keep them records because Uh just say you have like me uh pink 71 this year next year just say pink 71 turns into a monster deer so she's he's got good genetics so now we want to keep him and breed with him right but i need to know like i can go in and i look at my papers and say pink 71 came out of green nine Mm -hmm. so now any does that came from green nine like just say pink 71 she had twins she had pink 71 was a boy and pink 51 which is a girl so now i can breed 71 he next year he blows up to be a 200 inch year and a half old that's good genetics you want to keep him to breed with him right so now i got to move yellow or green nine and pink 51 out of his pen because i don't want him to breed his mother or his sister Mm -hmm. right cousins are you're getting a kind of a gray area cousins are okay i mean 
you it's back to the genetics you don't want to start breeding brothers and sisters because then you get crazy things happening somebody down south is taking this podcast now and they're like saying see this guy said cousins are okay yes yeah i'm just just joking (laughs) (laughs) you're killing me brother i love it cole uh yes cousins are okay uh just got to be distant cousins not (laughs) first cousins you know like fifth or eighth cousins you didn't know they were cousins (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh so yeah they just basically another thing is a lot of people say how did you get these deer you know yeah it's, it's wrong to have these deer you shouldn't have them well u of i started this program back in the 60s or 70s when the deer population was super low okay and they started breeding crossbreeding doing genetic testing yeah seeing you know basically they were studying the deer mm-hmm. they ended up with so many animals and the program was winding down that they didn't know what to do with them. You can't turn them loose because they're you, – you turn one of these deer loose in the wild and they're going to walk right up to you in, in a deer stand, you know. And if they're friendly enough, like my little guy, yeah. he's going to walk right up and you're going to freak out and shoot him <laughs> because – you you know you think a man this deer's crazy Rabbit he's got or something. Ma- mad cow disease or something you yeah, know yeah you don't know what's going to happen so they couldn't release them so they started selling them into the pri- private sector mm-hmm. and this all has snowballed since then you know uh illinois wasn't the first state to come up with this so uh but they breed to get the genetics mm-hmm. and they know what genetics, you know, or what deer are producing good. So they try to not necessarily interbreed them, but like if you got just say firecracker and Goliath, these two big bucks producing good offspring. So you try to keep their does and breed them to each, you know, like the does out of Goliath, they, you try to breed them with firecracker, yeah, uh, you know, or to his offsprings to keep the genetic lines you know, so that they're good genetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically that's what we're doing. That's how we end up. You hear that? That, yes, yeah. my deer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I don't know, are they coming this way? Can you, okay. There's a couple, yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of grunt, moan a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to uh, communicate with each other interesting and like if uh the babies will talk to uh mama they'll they'll grunt moan Mm -hmm. to a baby girl that's yellow seven she will not let me touch her but she will come close i mean she she touches my hand with her nose Mm -hmm. but i can't pet her Mm. she's never been bottle fed she's going on around she ain't have nothing to do with us <laughs> yeah that's adorable that's re- yeah no it's really interesting to hear about the geneticists so it sounds like you don't really maybe keep track as much but there are like the coca cola of deer genetics or yes yeah 
Yeah. There are uh, these the designer bucks, uh-huh. basically. You yeah. Know? Uh, you know, you got the Gucci, you got the, uh, you know, name brands. Uh, and I have some of their genetics. Mm-hmm. But I don't, every year, there's something bigger and better, you know. So I, I do not have, I do not keep up on it. Uh, yeah. It, again, that sounds just like cannabis genetics. Every right. year, there's something bigger and better. Right. Well. <laughs> it's probably the same with corn and any other yes, commodity, it, right? Yes. It's like buying, buy what you can afford. And I have bought what I can afford. Mm-hmm. Um interesting story one of my buddies went over to indiana Mm -hmm. bought a breeder buck to bring home to breed to his does paid twenty thousand dollars for this buck they dart it knock it down load it on the trailer give it the reversal when it wakes up on the trailer you owe me twenty thousand dollars they, they write him a check. You drive home. The deer wakes up on the trailer. They close it all up, drive away. They get home. You don't just open the door and look in because you'll spook him and he can, you know, a lot of crazy things can happen. You can get run over. He can run out, break a leg, whatever. So you open the door and you just swing it open or stand behind it and open it up and let them come out at their own pace. Mm. When he gets comfortable, he'll come out of the trailer. So they stand there about 10 minutes. Nothing happens. Nothing <laughs> happens. Then they just kind of peek. Yeah. So then, no, no. The deer ain't coming out. He oh. And he ain't hearing no movement. So got to give him time. So he finally sneaks around the corner of the trailer. And now he's, he's moving around the edge of the trailer to look inside to see. Mm-hmm. And the deer's laying in there. Something had spooked it on the way home. Oh, it shit. It broke its neck. Damn. He lost $20,000 on the way home. There's, You own it. You, it's yours. So you don't get nothing for that. Right. I mean, but now that is a super extreme, like, I can buy a breeder buck in my price range. I could buy a $20,000 breeder buck. I can't afford that. Yeah. But in my price range, I'm buying... $2,500 breeder bucks. Mm-hmm. So their, their genetics are still good. They're still going to give me the 200-inch deer. And I keep using a 200-inch number. 200-inch uh, is like, just say, the gold standard. Okay. You want to be somewhere around 200 inches at two years old because you want to sell your deer at two years old mm-hmm. because... If you could sell them at one year old or a year and a half old, you'd want to sell them then. Yeah. But it takes two years for their bodies to develop. Otherwise, if you could get a deer to grow a 200-inch rack Mm -hmm. at one and a half year old, it would look like you put a 200-inch rack on a German Shepherd. The bodies haven't matured. You know, they're still young. They're Mm -hmm. still kids. At two years old, they're mature. They're ready to rut. They're ready to start producing. You know, they're they're there it's all two years old they're on top of their game they're like a 25 year old athlete you know they're right there at the top of their game 
And at three, four, and five years old, they're like the 35 and 40 year old athlete. They're at the end of their game going yeah. downhill. So you try to get rid of them at two years old. Gotcha. So uh, back to earlier, we yeah. were talking about my deer that got loose. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that I ended up killing. I was still new at this, so I didn't really know what to. I didn't know I was supposed to report this to the Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. So I, I get a a phone call from the Department of Agriculture from this lady, and she's like, hey, this is so-and-so, Department of Agriculture. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? You know, because sometimes they do a site check to make sure. sure you have what you say you have and everything's tagged the way it's supposed to be tagged. Right. And uh, she's like, hey, have you lost any animals or anything? I'm like, as a matter of fact, I am fighting with police and animal control and all that right now. And I told her the story. Uh-huh. And she was like, so what ones got loose? And I, I told her, you know, I said, well, let me pull my book out. And uh, I told her which ones got loose. And she was like, okay, can you send me all that information? I need, I need it. Because I got to let them know if I have births, deaths, all that, I have to convey that to Department of Agriculture. And so they were like, I was like, can I ask why you want to know? How'd you find out? Yeah. Somebody, now, where are you from? Uh, Champaign, like Champaign Champaign area. Okay. Well, you're a little further north, but okay, I I live south of Elkville. Uh Somebody north of Ducoin which is 12 miles, 14 miles away, shot one of my deer that got loose, one of my does. Wow. And called DNR. They thought they were going to get some big prize. Maybe it was something. Sure. You know, so they're giving them the tag numbers and stuff, and it it all traces back to me. I mean, all this stuff is registered with DNR. Yeah. You know, Department of Natural Resources. Yes, Department of Natural Resources and Department of Agriculture. I mean, yeah. it's all they have access. Like the DNR can come uh, and look at my animals. They can't necessarily do anything to me. They have to call Department of Agriculture mm. because I am registered, licensed, and you have to buy the license and all that. But so basically, I've got still got one doe running around i don't know if she's dead or alive <laughs> or what it could be out there breeding she could be breeding giants out there in the wild for people to kill hunt wow you know i don't know yeah that's uh, the best case scenario yeah this was just to show you how far they could run i mean they were hauling the mail when last i seen them when they went through the fence they were still at a dead run half mile away until they ran out of sight yeah. i could see dirt flopping up off the ground off their hooves they were running that fast and hard wow they ended up 15 miles away somebody killed one of them that's fucking crazy dude yeah so i mean you know you just don't know in the wild i mean yeah these here deer could survive in the wild but they still scared of predators and stuff like that but hunting I'm sure this guy, I'm sure my doe probably came right up to him because this was a doe that I had raised in the house and bottle fed. Yeah. And she followed me around like a puppy dog. <laughs> so she I could let was... her out here 
outside the fence and walk around anywhere. And she would run off if something spooked her. Uh-huh. And I could call her, and she would come back like a dog. So he probably shot her. She, she probably walked, walked right, right up, up to, his, to him. Yeah. yeah, walked right up to his deer stand, and was you know maybe smelled him or whatever. Oh hey, this smell, human smell. They mm-hmm. give me treats. Today they give him give her an arrow. Yeah. You know, I mean it's kind of sad, but that's you know that's how life goes. Yeah. So. Can't cry over spilt milk. <laughs> yeah. Buy another herd, spend another thirty thousand dollars, and keep on going. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and what you described isn't too unlike, you know, like the guy that bought the breeder deer and then came home and found it dead. Like I bought a new motorcycle once off the showroom floor, and as I was pulling into my fucking uh, cul-de-sac. I hit this pothole, and I just see in my rearview mirror my new zero miles on my motorcycle go on, you know, tilt to the side on my uh, trailer, and it fell. Uh-huh. And that, yeah, like you said, that's on me. I bought that fucking thing. Every you tied it down. It's yeah, all I you. tied it down. That's all me. So, yeah. but um, I was curious, just to you know, lighthearted stuff to close on. Um, I was telling people i saw this uh documentary on youtube one time of these deer in this neighborhood that like i can't remember exactly where it was and i don't even remember exactly the story i really should have watched it again before i came here but they were describing how the deer there knew that basically people were not going to fuck with them and so it was kind of like the best example i can give you and, and sorry folks that are listening if you don't quite understand this i'll try my best to explain this but it's like at Disney World. If you ever see a squirrel at Disney World, like, they're not fucking afraid of you like they are around here. Right. Like, you can literally approach a squirrel and you could, They'll if take you're a real quick. Out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. No, in fact, I have a video of myself, if I can remember to, I'll add it to where, when we're talking right now, of myself petting a squirrel at Disney World. It was eating a, like a Snickers bar that was melted onto the ground. Right. And I'm petting the squirrel. Um, and so, my point is, is that in this documentary, it was showing how the deer at least seemed smart enough to know that humans in that area were not going to fuck with them. And so they really would come up and push the limits. And so what these people tried to do was they would put things out in their yard that looked like maybe like a human standing out. And the deer would like kind of like send one to approach it to make sure like it was all good. And then as soon as they kind of got the indication that it was all good, then they'd all approach, right? So I guess my question that I'm leading up to is, I was talking about that once and I said, you know, deer are not dumb. They're not, they're not maybe so smart either. Um, and they're like, no, Cole, deer are dumb. From your perspective, you've raised some deer over the years. Like, I mean, obviously animals are all kind of innocent and dumb, but like, what do you, we, are they smart? We are. Yeah, we're we fucking are the, dumb. <laughs> we think we're the smartest things on the planet, humans. Yeah. And we still do stupid shit. Yeah. Okay. Deer are smart and dumb at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay? They are smart that they know when I come out of the house, hey, we need to run to the fence because maybe he's got treats for us today. Yeah. Okay? They are dumb in the sense that, hey, he walked out of the house. We better run. You just never know. They are intelligent they're wild animals. Mm-hmm. So it's you got two kinds of animals, predators and prey. And they are prey animals. Yeah. So they are smart enough 
to elude <laughs> yeah to do what it takes to survive mm -hmm. okay now when i say they're dumb like hey i'm out here every day i don't hurt you i feed you but you still run from me sometimes mm -hmm. why right you're an idiot you know? right right <laughs> but they're smart enough to turn around and come back uh -huh. when nothing happens to them yeah so deer are intelligent it's just like raccoons you you watch videos of those they come up to people's houses yeah and they realize hey you know they leave out cat food and now you're sitting here at the back door this don't happen overnight mm -hmm. you know this raccoon or deer didn't come up one day in your yard and say oh come on out and pet me it's okay yeah it probably took six months a year maybe two years yeah for them to build this trust yeah now once you build a trust just say with a doe or a buck and then she has babies she brings those back next year she's got that trust with you they see oh she's mom says it's okay so it yeah. must be all right so we go up there now you just over the you know you get more and more showing more trust and that's why it's always good to have like in my herd super friendly deer like this one here he'll stay here for a long time before anything ever happens to him mm -hmm. it's good to have one or two that are friendly kind of teach the others teach the other ones hey he's not a bad guy he's always got treats come up and see us yeah so yes deer are smart and i shouldn't say they're smart and stupid they are smart they can do stupid things yeah they've... does that make sense there we yeah, go. yeah 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 deer are smart animals um yeah. you figure they got a forage for all their food hell we go to we go to kroger walmart aldi's pick up our groceries if half the people in the world had to fend for their own oh dude a lot of people would be starving a lot of chaos would happen mm -hmm. so i mean yeah. you know they're they're pretty smart resourceful yeah so one of the things I know about deer that maybe folks that are listening don't know is that, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, maybe it's just some fact I read on the internet that's wrong, right? Because <laughs> that can happen. If you shine a light on deer, in other words, you're driving down the street and you got headlights on them, something about the lights, it just locks them up like they just freeze. That's why if you ever hear people talking about poachers, they shooting sh shooting deer at night with spotlights oh that's why huh. they they drive out there and the deer the reason they lock up is they're going to lock up for so long and then they're going to take off running basically what they're doing is they're not really locked up as they can't move is they're locked up frozen solid not moving they don't see me it's a defense mechanism. Oh. Hey, I'm not moving. I'm not blinking. I'm frozen. They don't know I'm here. Hmm. They can't see you because the light's in their eyes. Mm -hmm. So basically they're blinded, but they're frozen because they don't know if you're a predator and coming to eat them. Yeah. So they want to just freeze like, hey. You don't know I'm here. You you can't see me. I'm mm -hmm. invisible. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And if you make enough noise or move around enough, I don't care how long you shine that light in their eyes. They're going to go. They're going to go. 
Mm. But that's why a lot of deer get ran over on the highway is because they're trying to cross. Maybe they've walked halfway out in the road and you start coming down the highway. They hear something. They hear your car coming. They hear the whining of your tires on the road. And then your headlights get them locked up. And they're like, uh, do I need to go? Do I need to stay? No, they can't see me. I'm, I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see me. Oh, shit, it's time to go. It's too late. I done run you over, you yeah. know, at 55 yeah, yeah. mile an hour. So, you know, just things like that. But uh, spotlighting any animal will do the same thing. They will all lock up. First off, they want to freeze. You can't to find out if you can see them. Yeah. And to find out if you're, you know, going to come get them or not. Mm-hmm. And most of the times they're going to go the opposite direction of the light. Yeah. Because, you know, you're uh, you're coming to get me if I don't know what you are and you're behind that big, bright, shiny thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I come out here, I get off at 4 o'clock in the morning and it's dark out. I come out here with a headlamp on. Could you say that again? I come out here with a headlamp on. Mm-hmm. Well, I got that headlamp right on top of my head, and my deer are all standing there gazing at me, and I, <laughs> I can walk towards them, and I can get all my animals I can get within arm's length of them. Mm. And with the headlamp, I can reach out and almost touch their face before they see my hand. They don't know what I am, so they automatically turn and run. Mm which I try not to do. I try to tilt my headlight down so they can can see my silhouette so I can still see where I'm going and don't spook them. But, yes, they they will lock up until they determine what is, you know, what is going on, what they're doing, uh, whether they need to run or stay. Yeah. Another uh, topic that I meant to bring up earlier um, that I think is important because you and I know it because I I was raised with people that hunt and it sounds like you grew up hunting and stuff and we addressed it in a few different ways but I think it's good to say it clearly like hunting can be for sport but a lot of times especially in the case of deer and elk Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a hunter. I just know hunters. Right. Uh, but in the case of like deer and elk, it's a conservationist effort. It's not. It's not just uh, uh, cold-blooded murder. Right. It's. It's. It's actually like, I even think traffic fatalities are factored into why we encourage this, right? Because deer can nature. go fucking crazy during a rut. Yeah, Mother know? nature. The, the like we said earlier the strong survive yeah okay um in wild if we do not harvest hunt kill no no i'm not trying to be beat around the bush if we not eliminate some of these animals mm-hmm. they're going to overpopulate right then you're going to get diseases now right now they have diseases that only they get but it's like everything else like the monkeys in africa you know they have diseases that transmit to humans Mm -hmm. we may be a thousand generations away from that 
if we didn't kill any deer. I don't know. I'm, that's not what I am. But if you do not thin the herd, you will overpopulate. They, they will breed themselves out of existence. And then they're going to start dying from diseases right. and things like that. So if you're a vegetarian or vegan, you're fine. Don't, don't eat the animals. But I'm a meat eater. Yeah. I cannot say enough about I buy a cow from a farmer. He raises it just like I raise my deer. And I buy a cow and put it in my freezer and eat it. I know where that meat came from. I know what kind of hormones he fed him or didn't right. feed him. When you go to the grocery store and buy meat, all that food, everything come out of the grocery store was alive and walking mm -hmm. at some point in its life. So I eliminated five steps and I went straight to the woods and, and killed my dinner and ate it. So you, if you're not a hunter or you think it's wrong how are you going to feel when they get so populated that they come and start eating your garden and you can't get vegetables out of your garden oh well, i'll put a fence around it well i'm telling you right now if you watch some of these videos i've seen deer walk dragging chain link fences in their antlers <laughs> wow or do you know what chicken wire is it's you mm -hmm. know small small wire to keep the chickens in yeah. keep the raccoons out Mm -hmm. Okay, but a lot of people put chicken wire around their uh, gardens to keep the deer out. I've seen chicken wire wrapped up in antlers before. The these deer, if they get hungry enough and there's not a food source, it's going to be hard to keep them away from your food, your vegetables. So eventually, they're going to come eat your stuff. If you don't thin the herd, they're going to eat your stuff. Now, I have a little different outlook on hunting mm -hmm. um, nuisance animals like coyotes and stuff like that that I'm not saying kill them all because we need those animals because they keep the weak yeah. down. The whole ecosystem Yeah, thing. they keep it in the ecosystem. Uh, but I am for hunting. I hunt for meat. I hunt to eat. I don't hunt for sport. Don't get me wrong. I have a 14-pointer hanging on my wall that I shot because it was the first thing that walked past me that day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, sh I am an opportune hunter. The first thing that walks past me, I shoot. I do not hunt for trophies. I will shoot a trophy. Don't get me wrong. I'm... I'm I get caught up in the moment just like everybody else, but I'm hunting for dinner. Mm -hmm. And if you don't thin the herd, next thing you know, you're eating diseased meat. You know, you're killing an animal that's sick, and now you're eating it. Now you've made yourself sick, or you've made your family sick, or whoever's eating it. So, you know, uh, I ramble on, man. Sorry about that. But no, no, it, dude. It's, this is what it's perfect. I, I would add, though, that like another not only the sick meat, but I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But I think that people found that when hunting, like kind of maybe there was a time period. I, I don't know. I'm, I read something online where it was like there was a time period where maybe people weren't hunting as much and they actually saw 
like car accidents increase, deer related car accidents increase because the the mating was just out of control. Okay, I I was born six miles from where we're at right now. I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. When I grew up and started deer hunting, I, I did I started deer hunting. My first deer hunt, I was 15 years old. You had to put in for a tag. You had to actually mail IDNR, Illinois Department of Conservation, a paper tag. You had to fill out a piece of paper, mail it into them with a check <laughs> for $15. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been 30 back then. I don't remember. I think it was 15 And apply for a tag. And you might get one every two to three years. Mm-hmm. That's how low the deer population was. They only allowed a certain amount of deer to be harvested. Okay. Now, you don't even talk to IDNR about a deer tag. You go to Walmart and buy them over the counter. Now, I'm not up on all the laws, Mm -hmm. but right now, the way I understand it, you can harvest two bucks a year and it, it may have changed okay but you can harvest two antlered animals a year and then after that you can kill all the does that you want mm-hmm. now went back to when i was 16 i put in for an either sex or antlerless only which means i could either get a tag to kill a buck or doe or if they'd already give out all the buck tags, I could only kill a doe. Yeah. So it went to you get to kill one animal every three years to kill as many as you can because accidents are up, car accidents are up, because the animal herd is up. So anybody that thinks conservation is or that, you know, hunting is wrong, okay, we have conservationed ourselves into an overpopulation of whitetail. Yeah. Okay. They're letting us kill them at whatever rate we can kill them at. See, and that's what I think is the most <coughs> convincing argument for it is that it's people, conservationists, that are generally protecting their the environment. They are saying this is what needs to happen. Yes. Because, like, it's like you have to keep it in check somehow. And we don't have, like you said earlier, the prey and predator thing. We don't really have that, especially here in Illinois, as much anymore. Like every once in a while, you'll hear about a big cat around here. Yeah. But there's not really anything to keep these populations in check. Uh, you that, know? Yes. I have coyotes. Yeah. I hear them howling at night. Sure. Out, out here, around my property. I have killed two coyotes that were up digging at my fence. If they don't mess with my herd, I leave them because they're a natural predator right. for our, uh, our our wild deer population. Mm-hmm. And would you rather a five-year-old buck that's or a seven-year-old animal, doe, buck, whatever, whose teeth 
or rotted out of its head, you know, it's wore out its teeth, it's got a finite life cycle. Mm-hmm. Would you rather let it run around here until it died of starvation? Or would you rather a coyote killed it and ate it? See, that's my thing. It's, it's natural order of life. Right. Something has to happen. Either they're going to starve to death because they can't eat, or they get weak enough that a prey animal can take them down and eat them. So the the population has got that widespread. Uh, back to the hunting deal. Whenever I killed a deer, I had to take it to a check station. Mm-hmm. They 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 took a part of my deer tag. A part of my deer tag was already on my deer. Because if you showed up without that tag on that deer, you were in trouble. Yeah. Because you're transporting it illegally. So I got a tag on my deer. I give them a tag, and then they check my animal, and they put another tag on it. Hmm. That's how it was when I started hunting at 16. I am 53, going to be 54 here in a couple months. Now, I kill a deer. I go to Walmart. I buy a tag. I kill a deer. I call a phone number on the back of the tag and said, I killed this deer. Take these measurements. This is what I killed. And they just take you on that. They take it on honesty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the the population has gotten so overwhelming that if we don't thin this herd out, you know, basically you're going to start having more car wrecks. Yeah. Another example that people may not be familiar with just quickly is, uh, you know, I heard in areas where they tried to really start killing possum that Lyme disease went up because possum kill naturally hunt ticks. They eat them. Yeah, yeah, eat, yeah. eat ticks. Yeah. and Yeah, so... Well, Joe, we've we've touched on a lot of bases today, <laughs> and I want to respect your time. I'd love to do this again sometime. Um, anytime, brother. Anything you wanted to close with that we didn't necessarily talk about today? No, hey, we were all over the map. Yeah, and I had a lot it, of fun it, with you, man. If you have anybody has any comments or questions, we'll uh, you bring them along next time, and we'll try to sit down and uh, answer any questions they got next trip around. But yeah, yeah I'm good, brother cool well hey thank you i hope you had as much fun as i did today Uh, hey this is my my first podcast ever cool i I had a good time and we'll definitely do it again sweet cool well folks i hope you found as much value in this conversation as i did we'll see you on the next episode of the cole memo take care